Hello and welcome to Discipleship, the Hard Sayings. I'm your host, Darren Laws, and I thank you for joining us today. Today we'll be picking up part two of a brief overview of Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. And uh, just to get us up to speed, we'll read those verses in chapter 12, verse 1 through 2. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And last time we, we looked at those mercies. Uh, what, what mercies was Paul talking about? And we dealt with the issue of sin because we first needed to understand sin in order to understand the great mercies our God has on us as we have violated his holy law. And uh, nevertheless, he provided a Savior for all those that believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And because of this salvation, it has given us peace with God, as Romans 5.1 tells us, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We also have hope, Romans 5.2 says, by whom also we have ac access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope, of the glory of God and we've been reconciled Romans 5:10 tells us that for if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his son much more being reconciled we shall be saved by his life and of course Romans 6:23 for the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord and Romans 8, 1 reminds us that in Christ, that there is therefore now no condemna condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. And we have eternal security. Uh, we know through Romans 8, 34 to 39, that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Uh, and these were just a few of the mercies that we looked at. Uh, the list goes on and on and so the idea behind giving our bodies means that we present our bodies as living sacrifices which ultimately means that we present all of ourselves to god every day all day that we be controlled by the spirit as it tells us in ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18 to be not drunk with wine but be filled with the spirit to be controlled by the Spirit. And in order to do that, we also need to study the Word of God. We need to know what it says to know what our God expects of us. Which brings us to this question for part two. It says, how do we do this? How is it that we present our bodies as living sacrifices? Romans 12, 2 makes it pretty clear. He says, to be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed by what? By the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. 
So if our minds are not being renewed, then obviously we can't be being transformed. This means to be not conformed. This would be the opposite. This term carries the idea that the outward expression does not reflect what is within. That's being not conformed. And J.B. Phillips, he translates it this way. He says, don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold. In other words, don't let this world shape your thinking. Don't let it shape your behavior. Don't fall into compromise because the world does not agree with what God had to say. This world system, as we know, belongs to Satan. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says he is the God of this world, the little g God of this world. And 1 John 2.15 tells us, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And we are to, in fact, be separated from this world not to be walking hand in hand with it. Sometimes we get confused on these things as Christians, and it's kind of difficult sometimes to find that line of when am I walking too closely with this world. But in 1 Peter 2 and verse 9, he tells us, But ye are a chosen generation, a, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. We are set apart. We are called out from the darkness, which means we have no business going back in and being like the darkness. We have to be the light that shines in this dark world. And when the light shines... Just as it did when Jesus walked on this earth, he was hated so much because he revealed the evils of this world. He revealed the wickedness of man. And ultimately, that's what we do as Christians. So the question comes, how do we separate from this world system? Verse 2 says to be transformed by the renewing of your mind transformed metamorphosis this this describes a change from within change from within it's not a religious system it's not just following a bunch of rules it is in fact a work of our holy god who gives us the holy spirit which then transforms us from the inside out this world it tries to change our minds so it puts pressure from without. But the Holy Spirit changes our mind from his power within. And again, this brings us back to Ephesians 5.18, to be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but to be filled with the Spirit, to literally be controlled by the Spirit. And the only way this is possible to renew our minds is by reading and studying God's Word we're not going to get any extra biblical revelation. God's not going to speak to us in a still, small voice. He's just not going to do those things. He's revealed himself through his written word. 
we read it, we study it, and with the help of His Spirit and pastors and teachers, we learn it and we thereby abide in it. But Satan, you see, wants our minds. If he can plant doubt in our minds, then he can cause us to wander from the faith. He can cause us to wander away from being obedient to God. Uh, we saw this way back in Genesis 1 in the garden when Satan came and tempted Eve. You know, did God really say this is the ultimate temptation that Satan still puts out today? Did God really say? Does his word really mean what it says? Or is there something else that we're missing that he doesn't want us to have? And because they fell for that, because the doubt came and pride came in, and, and ultimately uh, they could be like God, they thought. And I think man does that today. Uh, we think we can read God's word. We can interpret God's word how we want to. And we can really just kind of take it or leave it. But the fact is, we are to obey it and uh, not question it. So Satan wants our minds because he knows if he has our mind, then our wills will follow. And that's exactly what happened in the garden. The seed of doubt got planted into the minds of Adam and Eve. And because that doubt was there, they went forth and they ate the fruit and ultimately sin came to the whole world. The whole world. Every human being ever to be born is a sinner in need of a Savior. And praise be to God, there's a Savior whose name is Jesus Christ. And if we put our faith and trust in Him, He will be faithful and just to save us. What great mercy. But Paul in Colossians uh, chapter 1, verses 9 and 10, um, says it like this. He says, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So how do we become transformed in our minds? By reading God's word, by growing in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, by understanding what his world, word excuse me, says. It says, through this knowledge, we would learn the will of God described in his written word. And a transformed mind produces a transformed will so it's very important in these two verses that we understand that if we're not involved in studying and reading God's word if we're not in prayer and we're not in fellowship with other brothers and sisters in Christ we're liable to go astray and we're liable to fall into the things that people say are Christian but are not we might fall into the trap of uh, falling into this extra biblical revelation that God speaks to me outside of his word 
but I have to be moved by an inclination or he's directing me because I can feel it. Uh, We get in trouble with these things because of our lack of knowledge, because of our lack of understanding, and mostly because of our lack of desire to want to study God's Word. It's something we need to do every day. We need to pick up the Word of God. We need to read it. We need to study it. And I'm not just talking about a a one-minute devotion as we have reduced it to that. Uh, Those things are fine and they're well, but don't let it replace your Bible study. Really dig into God's Word and know what He has to say because He gave it to us at a very high cost. Uh, If you study history at all, you know that the Word of God didn't come without the shedding of much blood. Uh, And it is, in fact, the inspired Word of God. And sometimes I think we we read it as if it's any other book, as if it's just another book on the shelf. And my prayer is that we wouldn't do that, that when we pick up His Word, that we would understand that this is God revealing Himself to us, sinful man, and that we might take it to heart and, and strive to be obedient to it, not grudgingly, but because of who he is, the creator, the sustainer of the universe. He's our maker. He made us. We owe him everything. Even if at the end of our life we still wound up going to hell, we would still owe him everything, and he would be just as worthy of us giving our lives and bodies to him as a living sacrifice. But he was gracious. He's merciful. He gave us a Savior, the Lord Jesus. And all those that believe upon him will be saved. And because of that, because of all the mercies that come with that, that should compel us to want to give our bodies to him as a living and holy sacrifice. That should compel us to search the scriptures and see what his will is for us. It's not hidden. God didn't create us and then say, okay, I'm going to put you on this earth. Now go find out what my will for you is. He's not that kind of God. But what he did, in fact, do is he put his will right in the Bible for us. And I'm just going to take a moment uh, just to read some passages of Scripture straight out of the Bible. And God is very clear with what his will is. And the first thing we have is God's will for us. And, and part of this, part of these verses came out of a, a booklet that you can get from gty.org um, called Found, God's Will. Um, a very helpful and informative um, booklet. But these verses... Uh, First one is God's will is that you be saved. First Timothy chapter 2 verses 1 through 4. He says, For this is a good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. In John six thirty-eight through 40, he says, For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all 
which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up at the last day. That, that's good news. This is the gospel that we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and we will have everlasting life to be raised up again at the last day. Second Peter 3 and verse 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering or very patient to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So God's will is that we be saved. Secondly, God's will is that you be spirit-filled. Ephesians 5, 17 through 18. Verse 17, Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, to be Spirit-controlled, to be led by the Spirit. Romans 8 9 says, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that, that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. He is none of his. So if the Spirit of God does not dwell in us, then we don't belong to him. So all the rules and all the rituals will not do any good. But being Spirit-filled or being filled with, with the Spirit is the same as being controlled by the Spirit and being dominated by His Word. In other words, we want His Word to be what transforms our minds and our lives. We don't want the Word to transform to line up with our lives. We have to be very careful with that, uh, to try to live how we want to live and try to make the Bible line up with us when the reality is we need to line up with the Bible and thirdly God's will is that you be sanctified 1st Thessalonians 4 3 through 4 says for this is the will of God even your sanctification that you should abstain from fornication and that every one of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor and 1 Peter 4.2 says that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lusts of men, but to the will of God. In other words, that to be sanctified is to be set apart, to be set apart unto holiness and to be separated from sin. Uh, we have to continue dying to ourselves daily. Rem remember, he says, if you don't pick up your cross and deny yourself, then you can't be my disciple so we have to continuously do that every day as we're being sanctified we'll never reach perfection this side of heaven but as every day goes by we should continue on further and further in our walk with Christ and continue on dying to the flesh dying to our desires and our desires at some point should start to line up with what scripture says and that should become our desire as we go along in the faith. And number four is God's will is that you be submissive. 
Ephesians 5.21 says, Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. James 4.7 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. 1 Peter 2.13-15 Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, for so is the will of God. So we have to be in humble submission to God and all that he commands. And God's will is that you suffer. This one we don't care much for in our walk with Christ this day and age, especially in this country. We don't know much about the suffering for Christ's sake, not just suffering in this life, but suffering for Christ. And 1 Peter 3.17 says, For it is better, if the will of God be so, that ye suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. 1 Peter 4 and verse 19, he says, Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. And 1 Peter 5 and verse 10 says, But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Romans 8.18 tells us that the sufferings we might have today are of no comparison to the glory that is to come. So if we live a godly life in this dark world, then we should expect some form in some way of persecution because of our faith. Number six says God's will is that you give him thanks. First Thessalonians 5.18 And everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Ephesians 5.20 giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So these are just some of the scripture's words that tell us what the will of God is. Uh, it's very clear what it is. It's first of all that we're to be saved. We're to be spirit-filled or controlled by the Spirit. We're to be sanctified or set apart from this dark world that we live in where be we are to be submissive uh, to all of god's word which means we're submissive to people we're submissive to all the ordinances of man for the lord's sake which means we abide by the laws of the land as long as they don't go against the scripture uh, and we are to suffer uh, as well as be thankful even in those sufferings we are to be a people of thanksgiving we're not to be wrapped up out there complaining about everything uh, but to be thankful to our god to be submissive to be led by the spirit and to give our bodies as living sacrifices to our great god and king because he is worthy it is him that has created it is him that has saved. He has given us this salvation as he has brought us out of death 
into life. He's brought us out of the darkness, as the Bible says, into his marvelous light. What a wonderful gift. What grace and mercy. The greatest words that all the world can hear is the good news of Jesus Christ and his forgiveness of sins for all those that repent and put their faith and trust in him. So I just pray that if anybody's listening and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, that you might examine your heart, search yourself, and cry out for mercy. Cry out for mercy to our great God, who is faithful and just, that if we seek him, we seek him with a whole heart, he will be found. And we repent and turn to him, and trust in him, trust in his word and the finished work of the cross, not in anything that we do, but in everything that he's already accomplished. And for those of us who are saved and know, him, know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, I pray that we would study the word. I pray that we would understand more and more each day what it means to become this living sacrifice, to give our bodies to our God, to use as he sees fit, whatever that might be. Whether it be in a job we don't like or going to school or, or whatever the case may be, I pray that our bodies are his and that he does whatever he wills with them. And ultimately, the point of our existence on this earth is to bring glory to our great God and to shed the, the light in this dark world. And if we're not doing those things, then we've missed our point of being here. So with that, we thank you for listening. If you have any questions at all, uh, you can feel free to send me an email at discipleshipths at gmail.com. And we just thank you for listening. And until next time, study the word and may the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.